So this is from Luke 21, uh, the first six verses. Uh, so Jesus looked up, and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he also saw a certain poor woman putting in two mites. And so he said to, the, to his disciples, Truly, I say to you that this poor woman has put in more than all the rest. For all of these, out of their abundance, have put in their offerings for God. But she, out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. And then, as some of the disciples were looking around, they spoke of the temple and how it was adorned with beautiful stones and the donations of the rich. But Jesus said to them, These things which you see, the days will come quite soon in which not one stone shall be left upon another, uh, that uh, there will be not a stone that will not be torn down. So there are two kinds of vision, I think, that connect these verses together. The first type of vision is, of course, the eyes of the flesh, uh, which are so easily seduced by things that are popular, by what everyone else is focused on, that big, the flashy, the powerful, the honored, the renowned, and the revered. Um, these are the eyes that mourn for what they see as lost. These are the eyes that don't see hope. They don't see reparation in the future. People, uh, the eyes that put all their hope in the stuff, the horses and the chariots, the buildings, the governments, the big movements. And when it all falls down or it all comes to nothing, there's much suffering and disappointment. But here also is presented the eyes of the Spirit, which we celebrate today on Pentecost. The eyes that pierce through the noise and find the life and life abundant. The eyes of faith that see that even if the very stones of your temple are collapsed and fallen and lost, and all the riches and highly praised contributions are stripped away and forgotten. The things that last are the things which cannot be taken away. The things that stand in the memory of God, even if they seem as worthless as two mites in the eyes of all the world, these are the only things that ever truly even mattered. The things of true value and of true power are the things that you can't even see. And it is the nature of the world and the systems of man to shift and to shake, and to crumble, and return to dust from which they came. But Jesus said um, to his disciples, and he says to us today, to take heart, for he has overcome this world. And he promised us that though the temple and the stuff that we cling so stubbornly to would be lost, he would build it anew in three days. That is, that he himself, his spirit, his kingdom would be built in the power of his resurrection, and would stand supreme in the newly created hearts of his beloved children, you and me, where they cannot be touched by fire or fear, where there is no shifting or shaking today, I hope, and have been things that have been beautifully crafted to stand until the very end of time. So, Father, we thank you um, that today as we stand here together, uh, the things that are growing, the things that are being built in your kingdom among us, um, are not standing on the shifting sands of the world, but are standing on your rock, on your foundation, on who you are, Jesus Christ in us, your blood flowing among us and over us and through us, over our community and through our community, over our state and our world and our nation. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for who you are, and we look forward to seeing your kingdom come. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Peter. You can give that.
Oh, it is so good to have you out there today. I'm going to do something right away, lest I yes. neglect to do it later. This is a word from Mom. But first, we, uh, about that song. My mother. Why Tim sang that song for Mom. I think it was a request from her, yes. right? Yes, yes. She, she had asked me if we had a recording of that from her sister, Belvi. Who sang it she at our wedding. our wedding. Well, that was 45 years ago. He says, Mom, we don't have a recording of that. <laughs> no. <laughs> so it was a blessing to hear Tim lead it. You did or very, sing it. very yes. well. Thank you. Um, that was a song by Andre Crouch. Um, but anyway, Mom has a note here that she texted me this morning. I printed out, good morning, Steve. Could you share this with the church family? They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. My testimony is Jesus is my healer. I have gone through 10 treatments and we speak the word of Jesus. By his stripes I am healed. The word is working mightily in me and I expect a miracle on this Pentecost Sunday. Anyone who needs that touch, and touch in a capital T, you can receive it today. Jesus is the answer. Love to all the dear folks of TCC, Grandma Joyce. And um, Chris was just telling me a few moments ago that uh, she's wondering if when, when we leave, Mom, uh, Mom is wonder, was wondering if we could drive her home, her house is right, you get on the street in front of the church, you just go down to the end of it, and that's her house, she's gonna be on the porch. And if you could drive by and wave to her, maybe give her a honk or something, she's gonna be out there on the porch. And it'll be easy so, to do because it's a circular drive. Yeah, and I'm not, well, I think, I'm not sure, did she, where's Chris at? Did she mean the, well, you'll probably, if you don't. Oh, you I mean think, the straight I th road? I think, well, no. I think she's right on the porch facing that the porch. main road, yeah. Oh, okay. So they don't have to go in. Oh, okay. But I'm not sure about that. If you don't see Whatever. her out on the porch there, you can go through the drive, I guess. So I don't want to make this too complicated. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Praise God. Go ahead there, Joyce. You want Joyce. me to start? Okay. Sure. I'm going to go back to my journal. Pastor Dean and Steve printed out nice big notes for me, but I like my pink journal. So what I'm going to be sharing with you today is what I um, read from my quiet time on May 9. And it just, it's all about the Holy Spirit. And as I was sharing with Steve, um, what he says, you have to share that on Pentecost Sunday. First of all, I'm going to give you background, which I just read this morning before I came here. I realized the setting of this. Um, Jesus in John 13 I'm going to read verse 1. 
Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And the supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, from there he went on to wash the disciples' feet, to share the bread. This is the context. Um, Judas Iscariot had just left. And now these are the words that he's sharing with the disciples. And as Peter said when he shared, he's sharing with us today. John 15, verse 8. Note that's the one I just read. John 14, verse 16 from the Amplified Bible. Jesus says, and he was talking to the disciples and to us too today, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. The Amplified says, another comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, to be with you forever. Verse 17 says, the spirit of truth, the message Bible says, your friend. Verse 26 says, Jesus says, but the helper, and again, from the amplified, your comforter, your advocate, your intercessor, your counselor, your strengthener, your standby, the Holy Spirit. I would say right now who we need. We need you, Holy Spirit, and all those attributes. Oh, your fullness, Holy Spirit, to us as individuals, to each one, to the children that have gone down, to the kids' church, to each one. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things, and he will help you remember everything that I told you. When I saw that word teach, we're very aware that for these last few months, Parents who normally did not homeschool, some of you are here, um, were giving the unexpected responsibility to homeschool your children. Well, we're hearing from our grandkids that's done now. I mean, they're celebrating, they're done with that, that part. So yesterday when I was just I'm just inserting this. I was reading from John 15, 8, and it says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. And I like, I like to do it into the Greek uh, strongs on my iPhone. Disciples means my pupils. 
my learners. I just thought, we never stop learning. He wants us, we're not putting down the, the learning part. We want to keep learning from him, and that's through the Holy Spirit with the Word of God. Okay. Now I want to read for you what I read that morning with my quiet time. This is Sparkling Gems from the Greek by Rick Renner. It was a gift to Steve. I thought it was Stephen Joyce. It says, to Steve, we love you, Tim and Kathy, Dave and Joan. It was Steve's gift, but I think I use it a lot more than he does. I love it. We have volume two of it, too. But this is what Rick Renner, he's a Greek and Hebrew scholar uh, who loves God greatly. He and his family have been in full-time ministry in Russia uh, with their churches there. This is for this same verse, John 14, 16. Rick Renner says, I've often heard Christians ask, I wonder what it must have been like to walk with Jesus. Wouldn't it have been wonderful to walk with him and to hear his voice and talk to him? But believers who ask these kinds of questions don't understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit. If they did, they'd know that having the Holy Spirit with them is just like having Jesus at their side. Because Jesus was about to depart from the world, he knew it was absolutely essential that the disciples learn how to rely entirely on the Spirit of God and to follow his leadership. Therefore, Jesus used his last moments to teach the disciples how to follow the Holy Spirit's leadership in the same way they had followed him. It must have seemed strange to the disciples as they listened to Jesus speak about the Holy Spirit. They'd been accustomed to Jesus physically and visibly leading them. But now they were learning that the Spirit of God would become their leader. This would be a leader they couldn't see, couldn't touch, couldn't hear. Yet they were supposed to follow him just as they had followed Jesus. They were probably thinking, what is the Holy Spirit's leadership going to be like? Does he act and think any differently than Jesus? What's it going to be like to follow the Holy Spirit? Now I'm going to read to you the translation based on the original Greek that Rick Renner shares for, verse, for John 14, 16. Jesus says, I will pray to the Father, and he will send you someone who is just like me in every way. He will be 
identical to me in the way he speaks, the way he thinks, the way he operates, the way he, see th he sees things and the way he does things. He will be exactly like me in every way. If the Holy Spirit is here, it will be just as if I am here because we think, behave, and operate exactly the same. We receive your truth, Father, Jesus, from your word through the Holy Spirit. We're learners today of this truth on Pentecost Sunday. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Holy Spirit, and this Holy Spirit empowers us. There's a power, the, the Greek word is dunamis, that's used in the New Testament Greek. And uh, that power within us of the Holy Spirit will keep us constantly, keep us. There was a few weeks ago here, I was on the, in the pulpit, well, just like this, and I think I was sitting on that side, and there were some things going on physically that I didn't understand and couldn't figure out, and so I just I went down for prayer. Some of you might have seen that, but uh, it was kind of scary to me. They gave me, a, they prayed for me, and they gave me a few cookies, <laughs> and I was, I was Thank fine. I've been fine ever. I've been fine, but, but the enemy and fear is something that has been trying to come in. In this, in a lot of homes, had calls yesterday. I've been having calls for several weeks here of people in fear, you know, whether it's the coronavirus and now we've had things in the state of Minnesota that I guess are unprecedented here for us, which is causing fear now here. It's even reached us in this community uh, of Bemidji and so forth, uh, the rumblings of it and so forth. But there, you know, we can have personal things we deal with, like I was there that day, or community things or whatever, but it always comes back. And what are we going to do? Are we going to be in fear? You know, and then the enemy comes with his lies, and fear he is a liar. You ever hear that song? We've sung it here many times. Fear he is a liar. And... Uh, that's what he, what he does. He, try, he tries to bring things upon us and to get us paralyzed so that we will not be out there bringing the gospel in power to the people. He was telling me, you'll never be able to be up there again. You'll never get to be behind that pulpit again and teach the word because the same thing will happen to you every time you go up there. Well, I'm here. Did you hear what I said? I'm here. 
<laughs> but but the next the next morning though, you know you that it kind of shakes you a little bit, and uh, I needed a word, and so I asked the Lord. I said, I need a word. Give me a word. You know the Lord will give you a word. Whether it's an area of temptation or something that you're dealing with or fear, you know, tempted to fear. Or maybe it's some other kind of temptation in your life. Different people have other different things that where the enemy will try to come in and tempt us. Whether it's fear or lust or maybe eating too much or drinking too much of this or that or, you know, all the different things that, that can be harmful to us. Fear is very harmful to us. And worry is. Worry and fear go right together. Anxiety. The Lord doesn't want that for us. He wants us to be strong in Him and that's where we find our strength. In times like this, in times like a, a pandemic, or riots, destruction like we've seen. But this is a scripture he gave to me. It's 1 Peter 1.5. And I found that it was actually the King James Version that I read at first. That was an old Bible that a motorcycle salesman that had gotten converted, Chuck Brinks, in, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, gave to me 40 seven years ago now, I guess it was. But this is the scripture. Open the word, and it says, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And that word kept really caught me. You know, that we're kept by him. And that word means to guard us. It's like a military term, meaning a fort, an army garrison stationed to defend the city, and we are continually being watched over and protected by God's mighty power. That dunamis. And that's what that word is there. We are kept by the power, the dunamis, the Holy Spirit power of God. You are kept in your life, in your situation against whatever it is that would come against you. Maybe it's in your physical body. Maybe it's mentally. Maybe it's emotionally. Maybe it would be financially or relationally. We are kept by his power constantly. And the Passion Translation puts it this way. Through our faith, the mighty power of God constantly. Say that word. Constantly guards is the word it translates there us until our full salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. So there it is that we're kept in his love. That next Sunday that we came back here, uh, after that happened, I just kept saying that over and over and over again. You know, in our lives, you know, that's something in the past that the enemy has tried to, to use on me is fear. And I've found, as I've shared before, 
that uh, what in the past would try to come on me were panic attacks. When I was experiencing them, they really didn't call them that. I, at least that they didn't say anything about that to me when I had gone into the doctor for it and stuff. Uh, but that's what I believe it was. And he will try to come. You know, this isn't to scare us at all. It's just to forewarn us to, for that we know. Kenneth Hagin said, I've heard Keith Moore say it so often. He was a student of his. He says, one thing about the devil, he's a persistent cuss. He's a persistent cuss. And, you know, he'll keep trying to tempt you with things. And he, more than likely, like for us here, the first time he does, it's not going to do anything, or the second or third or fifth, probably. But he'll keep coming. He'll keep coming with those thoughts. We need to cast those down. We need to cast them down. But maybe the 30th time, you'll yield. No, if we cast them down right away, if we don't give place to them, if we consider the word, that's what we need to do. So we are kept by his love. Most of this is not what we had, or that I had on for this morning to share with you, but it's what the heart of the Lord is today for us, particularly with all the things that are taking place. Um, I got another scripture then, John 17, and I don't think we, we might have. This is John 17. You could, if you can find, get it, quickly there to put on the screen, but it's starting with verse 14. John 17, starting at verse 14, and this is Jesus' prayer. And he says, I have given them your word. This is his prayer to the Father. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, I do not pray for Pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep, say keep, kept, we are kept, and he's, here's Jesus praying that you should keep them from the evil one. It says here, King James, it says from evil. I looked up that word and it's talking about all bad. I think I shared that with you. Remember that? We looked it up. I mean, it's basically talking about any kind of evil in this world. This is what Jesus prayed for us here. That, we, that he would keep us from evil and the evil one. Hallelujah. This is the prayer of Jesus. They are not of this world just as I am not of this world. And you know, that's what Jesus said there in Acts 1.8 to the disciples. He said, you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit and with power. And you'll be witnesses for me. You know, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world. We're probably one of those uttermost parts, you know. That power is there upon us to keep us but that in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of 
threats of riots or destruction or whatever it is, we have a peace over us that the world sees that's not natural. That's by the power of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them, that is, set them apart by your truth. Your word is truth. God's word is what is the truth. As I, as, now listen to this. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. Listen to that. Just like the Father sent Jesus into this world to be a light in the midst of the darkness. The darker it gets, the brighter the light shines. But there is no amount of darkness that will ever extinguish the light. No matter how dark it is, you can try to pile all the darkness you can into a room, but that light will just shove it right out of there. You sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And so we're sent, we're commissioned in the midst of this day. We're in the midst of birth pangs, of things coming in the earth of the Lord, from the Lord. But we're going to not be in fear. We're going to be in faith. There's one more place. I was sharing this with Gus this morning. I I said, please be praying. I think I'm going to go this direction instead of what I had planned. So, well, there's another scripture, Gus said. And he said, and so I turned to uh, Psalm 91 and verse 11. And I don't think we have this one either for the screen, but just listen close. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep, say that word, keep, keep you in all your ways. We're kept. We're kept by his power and we're kept in his love. And then Pastor Dean came over there. He says, well, I got another scripture that goes with that. And that's, okay, uh, this isn't probably on there either, I guess. I can't remember what all I gave you there. But this is 2 Timothy. You can look it up on your phone or your Bible if you have it, or at home, you can look it up. And it's uh, 2 Timothy 4, 17 and 18. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. There was a lot of stuff that Paul was delivered from and kept. He was kept. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil And this is for me and you too. We can receive this word for ourselves today. And the Lord is will deliver the Lord will deliver me. He was confessing it. The Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me, or you could say keep me. 
for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So we're kept by his power continually, no matter what. We're kept in his love. Is that a scripture too? We're kept in his love, or is that a song or something? Help me out. If you know that, you can Google it right where you are. And then let me know, okay? Doesn't that sound familiar? Kept in his love? That's a song, a hymn. Oh, moment yeah. Is that in our hymn book? Yep. We don't have hymn books. You know where the hymn book is, Julie? Back in there, there's some back there. Oh, there's her one under here. That's that's a Bible. I keep a Bible under there just in case. I don't have it. Hallelujah. Well, we'll see if we can find that. Did you have anything at this point? Um, Scripture Steve's been sharing, like Psalm 91, to keep you in all your ways. In the original Hebrew, The word keep, to guard, to protect, to watch over, to be a hedge about, to preserve you. I'd say that's pretty thorough. That's how he keeps us. Amen. And from the pandemic, too. Um, Oh, yeah, why don't you go ahead? What is that? Yeah, okay. I, well, this is from a couple of weeks ago when I had prayer. Then I was in the back there and the folks were praying over me and giving me cookies and stuff. Um, but then Adam was there and he had a, a vision or a picture. And I asked him if he could text that to me, what he saw. And he says, I remember while Diana was praying of having a picture of something like an electromagnetic being electromagnet being switched on which forcefully propelled the enemy away from the church. You see, there was spiritual warfare going on. And you know this thing with live streaming, which we are all a part of here now. We're together in this, in this live streaming. Because what's happening here, even the praise and worship, it's going forth there to who knows all where. We found it's gone to a lot of places we wouldn't have expected. And this is a new vehicle, which was even prophesied over at Joyce and I in January, that there would be a new vehicle of ministry here at TCC. Well, I know what that is. And, uh, but anyway, there was, there's that spiritual warfare. But um, he said there was an electromagnetic magnet being switched on, which forcefully propelled the enemy away from the church. I don't know the science behind how electromagnetic, electromagnets work. I've mostly seen how electromagnets are meant to powerfully attract things, but this was the opposite. And you know, Adam, when you saw that, I saw it. When, you were, when we were over here, when you were praying, I saw it. And I haven't, it's still there. When I talk about it again, I saw it myself. It was like an explosion of light. Just 
penetrating any darkness that was trying to surround me and stop me and, uh, and quiet me in the word that the Lord would have me bring. I just thought of another thing, because it happened right, where, right behind where you're sitting right now, Adam. Uh, the Sunday when we came back then, you know, I was standing on the word. I'm sure you have to do this sometimes too. Especially when something's happened to you and you need to face to you, something that to you is a giant. You don't want to do it. Your flesh says, no, I don't want to do that. But you know you're supposed to in faith. And so here I was, I was here, I was standing in faith. And I was standing, actually it's about right behind where Stefan, is that Stefan there? Right where Stefan is. And there was, the guys were in the sound booth, this was before the service. And all of a sudden there was this flash of light. And I thought, what's going on here? And I looked at them and I thought, they must have seen that too, I could tell. They hadn't seen anything. And uh, for a moment, it took me back. You know, what's going on here? You know, what's going on? <laughs> but then I realized later on that was the light of God. And it made me think of angels. And it made me think of that electromagnetic, I keep saying electromagnetic, but it's electromagnet, I guess. But just. If the enemy was trying to get in there, here was this flash that just surrounded me. The whole room was all white and bright like this, all around me. And then I thought of the angels of God, the angels of light, who are like flames of fire, who are ministers, who are there to those who are heirs of salvation. You have angels that are ministering for you who are heirs of salvation in the midst of the things. They will protect your home. They will protect your body too. Those angels, we've all got angels. This room is full of angels. They'll protect our workplaces, our businesses. They will protect angels stationed. Sentinels, where is that? Let me... Hang on just a moment. I need to see if I can find something here. The Lord told me that some things were going to be different uh, going forward for us as a congregation. I think I had that written down too. I'm not sure I'll get to that today. It might be next week more I get into that. But the scripture in 1 Peter 1 Verse 5, yeah, okay, there's a word wealth here in my Bible. It says, who are kept by the power, the dunamis of God through faith. That word kept, it's a word wealth here. It says it's a military term. What I read earlier was from something else. I can't remember just what, but it's a military term. It pictures a sentry standing guard as protection against the enemy. And we, that could be angels too. We are in spiritual combat, but God's power and peace are our sentinels and protectors. His power and his peace. 
Hallelujah. In the midst of whatever. Amen? We may not always see a flash of light like that. I had never seen anything like that, I don't think, that I remember anyway. But it was there. But the angels are always there. Do you have more to share at this point? I think we're about it's done. It's closing. I'll close. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that is moment by moment. I'm kept in his love. Moment by moment. I have life from above. That life's in me. In you, looking to Jesus till glory does shine. Moment by moment, O oh Lord, I am thine. We're kept in his love. And in closing, I'll read from what Jesus tells us in John 14, verse 27, the Living Bible. It's what I began with from a different version. Jesus is saying to each one of us, I am giving you or leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is not fragile like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. We receive your gift right now, Jesus, peace of heart and mind. For us, our children, grandchildren, we re we're receivers of this, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'll close with this scripture. This, um, this is one that flows right with what we've all been saying about. Jesus said, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive power. To be my witnesses, you'll be my lights in the midst of the darkness, all the darkness that's in our world around us right now. And there's a scripture in Philippians 1, starting at 28. This is the Passion Translation. It says, Then you will never be shaken or intimidated by the opposition that rises up against us. For your courage will only prove as a sure sign from God of their coming destruction, and that's the evil one and the enemy that tries to come against us in the spirit realm, and that you have found a new life. For God has graciously given you the privilege not only to believe in Christ, but also to suffer for him. For you have been called by him to endure the conflict in the same way that I have endured it. For you know I am not giving up. There was, there was persecution. When we stand for what is right, when we stand as lights in a world of darkness, we're not of the world, there will be resistance. There will be adversity. There should be. I mean, there should be. But we will be kept, the Word of God says. We will be kept constantly. And we don't have to fear. We don't have to worry. We've got those twin sentinels of power and peace around us at all times. Amen? Yeah. Amen. 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 In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.
Hallelujah. Actions. Parents oh. need to get their children that yeah. type Yeah, and you know, thing. we, I'll just mention this to you. I didn't want to have a lot of focus on this, but I'll just mention this. Spoke with a lot of pastors this past week. I was on a True Bridge Zoom meeting with, I don't know, 20 plus pastors probably from northern Minnesota, but the rest of Minnesota and Wisconsin and all over. And be praying for all the churches and pastors. You know, each situation is a little different, and some of them had to go to where they're building isn't as, like this room is big enough for us to do what we're doing here right now. If we would get too full, we could have some folks be, we, in the meeting we were reading the guidelines and it sounded like we could have people like in the foyer also uh, if we need to. But there was one church that needed to actually have reservations. You know, it's only a certain limit of people could get reserved places and then they had to go to, their room could fit 40 people, so they had to have three different services to get their number of people that they have, and a number of different things. And uh, The thing of masks, that's where you have peace, where you have peace. We've, we asked our ushers to do that when we came in because we knew they'd be close to each other. We're simply wanting to I did have some notes here. I don't know where they went. Yeah, here it is. It's, it again goes back to this thing where we're regathering. Um, I read the first Sunday, I think, about Romans 13, 1 through 5. I'm not going to read that again. You can read that. But, uh, you know, we don't want to be motivated by, motivated by anything but love. And that's what we want to do now. And... Love thinks of the other person first. And like Trace and I were in town on Friday and we went into one of the places was Menards. And it seemed a lot different than it had, like we were there once before, weren't we or not? I don't know. But anyway, all the workers there had masks on. And it was for us, I believe mainly, that they did it. We know they had to have it on all day, and it's not easy for them. But also, a lot of the people were starting to wear masks there, too. And for coming to church, that's where you have peace. Please be free to wear one here, and particularly if you get close. Or we're going to have a time now, we're going to have the ushers starting in the back, and this is what the churches we were talking about doing. You know, it's not just here. We're, a lot of churches are doing that, just starting in the back, and we're, we'll usher you out. Okay. Yeah, Joyce is going to, you want to tell them what you're doing? surprise you. We got a coffee and cookie table set up outside. So as you're ushered out, <clears throat> if you have children, you can go down and get the kids. Um, but feel free, if you want to do social clustering, distancing, whatever, with your car, or if you just want to take it to your car and go home, but we're using Alma up these cookies. They're all individually bagged, so according to protocol. <laughs> Love so, you. So, you know, 
We, we aren't doing things out of fear, but it's out of love. You know, that's the motivating factor there. Um, right after it talks about, in Romans 13, about respecting authorities, you know, when we're thinking of our medical authorities, we had had some word like from Megan Mean, who grew up in this church just this week again, asking us to please think about having the precautions that we can, you know, because we care for one another, you know, and so we've done that. Uh, but also the um, government and been in contact with the police chief from Bemidji and he knows what's going on. I know we're not in Bemidji, but we feel part of that Bemidji community of churches. And so let him know and he says, well, it's good. It's about time people are back in church again. Um, and uh, But just a few verses down, it says, Oh, no one anything except to love one another. When you love one another, you fulfill the law. And that's what we do when we do the social distancing. And our thought was that for a season here, it's more like the vertical thing with our hands and worshiping the Lord together than the horizontal shaking of hands for a season, you know? You know, within families, it's different, but so we have that unity in the midst of diversity. And another scripture from Romans 14, let then let us no more criticize and blame and pass judgment on one another. That's if they do it different, but rather decide and endeavor never to put a stumbling block or an obstacle or a hindrance in another brother's way. And then 15, one of Romans, we who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. And so those are the things that we're doing. But let peace be your umpire, the guide of what you do. Amen? You give over saying. So what we're going to do here now is, uh, if, you're, if you have children, you, you'll be released from the back to the front, and you can get your children, but we'll out these doors. And what we're doing with the doors is the rights... We always go out on the right or in on the right. That's just, again, this is going back to the True Bridge churches, what we thought was a good idea, but also the Bemidji, the Bemidji group of pastors and churches. Uh, things we can do during this very unusual and sometimes very awkward season. So... Um, We'll have the ushers do that now. So you'll go out when the usher indicates and just go outside there and there'll be some refreshments in packages and some coffee too, I think. And we can fellowship out there. So hallelujah. If you want prayer, you can come up here. I do have a mask here myself. If you, if you would like that, I'll stay here for a while to pray with you. Here I raise my